Well, bless God as we come around this word this morning. We're going to be doing things slightly different today, so I pray that you'll bear with us. But this morning I want to talk to you about seasons of encounter. Seasons of encounter. The last time I ministered, I brought you a word of bringing terror to terror. Do you remember we talked about how it's time to start pushing the enemy back? How it's time to take ground back that has been maybe been lost or been given over. And when we've done everything else to stand, stand. Do you remember? That's where we came from. Pastor Tony's been doing uh, a great series where he's been teaching us and bringing us through the word of moving from clean to pure. And that process of our lives being changed and how he's dealing with us, God, in this season in which we find ourselves. The last uh, word that Pastor Tony brought to us, he looked at motives and intentions. Did he not? And we looked at motives being uh, the reasons why we do what we do. Sometimes we do things to be seen. Sometimes we do it because we're looking for approval. Sometimes because we think it helps our esteem. Sometimes I do it because I want to be proved right. And sometimes I feel like I need to be vindicated. So what, what do I mean by vindicated? We turn around and say, we believe in God. And nobody around us, our family, don't believe us. And we've got to go and tell them what God did. Not because God did it, but to show that we were right when we said it. We look at motives in lots of different areas. But I was just praying this week and I was dealing with the whole issue of my own motives, my own intentions, pushing some things through. I was dealing with some issues in my own life. And the Lord turned around. I've just felt that the Spirit of God say to me, but you've missed a question. And you can't. That's one of those where you go, okay, pen down. Now's the time. Stop writing. It's the time to start listening. And God said, you're dealing with the issues and the motives and intentions of your heart towards me. What about my motives and intentions towards you? Why do I do what I do in your life? Why am I bringing you through what I'm bringing you through? And you kind of go, well, that's a different question. And for those of us who came out on Sunday night, we had the building in the spirit. We had an awesome encounter. That was miles better than the omnibus edition of EastEnders any day. But please, walking in this building is better than the omnibus edition of EastEnders at any day. But you know, we encountered God in an awesome way. Lives were touched, individuals were being transformed. God was doing what he does best. He transforms, he changes, he brings hope, he brings deliverance, he brings life. He moves us in so many ways. But, you know, I was just reminded in this whole process of what we're going through from Genesis chapter 1, verses 27 and verses 28. When we're looking at God's motives and intentions, the scripture says this. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. Then God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over every living thing that moves on the earth. God's intention and motive was to birth a people after himself, made in his image that will fill the earth. From the first chapter of Genesis to now, that does not change. 
God is looking for a people who are birthed in his image to subdue and have dominion. Now, there are many people who would turn around and say, well, you see, the thing is, Phil, when we're talking about having dominion, because when we say dominion, we're already in sticky wicket. When we talk about having dominion, because the church can't be deemed to be pushing forward, it can't deem to be having life, it can't deem to have an opinion, it has to be that thing that lives in its own building without an opinion that is now completely too irrelevant to society. But God says, I'm birthing a people in my likeness to have dominion. Now, people would say, yes, but Phil, if we read the scripture, it's very clear that that is over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, and everything that moves on the earth. But I would just beg to differ just for a moment. Why would God turn around and use a term that says, and subdue? What do you subdue that's already been all given over and everything's in peace? When God planted the garden in the earth, it was the garden of Eden that he planted in a global society. God turned around and said, right, Adam, expand the garden. Expand my presence, expand my glory to cover the entire earth. That did not change. We're not going to get into spiritual issues this morning. I could get into it quite easily about how the enemy had fallen from heaven. The rebellion in heaven, it comes down. His place is in the second heaven. He would try and have this place as his own dominion. We're not going there this morning, so you'll be fine. But the great thing is, is God wanted a group of people who will represent him across the globe. Would that be a fair intention to say? But you know the great thing is that I found out about God more and more? God is a revolutionary. God loves to bring revolution. God loves to change things. We have just read in the scripture, have we not? Male and female, he created them. Is that right? Male and female. First point of revolution. There had never been a female form in all of creation till God made woman. There are no female angels. There are only male angels. There is no mother as part of the Trinity of God. But he made a woman. Why? Because he knew that before he made man, before the creation of the earth, he knew that man was going to fall. So he needed a vehicle for man to be redeemed and come back to himself. So what did he say? The seed of the woman will produce a man who will bruise the head of the serpent. He needed a seed for man to be born again. And that was the woman. Amen. So the role that the lady had there. The second point of revolution is this. That when he knew men would fall, which he did, when they sinned against God, they ate the fruit they were told never to do. They ate the fruit. There was a new sound birthed on earth that had never been heard in heaven before. You carry a sound that no other part of creation can make. The song of the redeemed. No angel can sing a song of how they fell away from God and were restored. Creation can't sing of how it was restored. Only man who was lost and bought back by the blood of Jesus Christ can sing a new song. And we sing a song of how we were lost, but now I am found. We sing a song that we've been washed in the blood. We sing a song of these graces sufficient for me. We sing the song of amazing grace. How sweet the sound. Who saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. No angel, no creation can sing the song that you sing. And God's intention, his intent, 
Ephesians 3 and verse 10 declares this. His intent was that now through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. That which deemed to work to see man sin when the serpent came in the garden and he said to Eve, surely that you will be like God if you eat this fruit. All the stuff, the lies that came, the deception that came, God turned around and said, my intent now is through a group of people that were lost are going to sing a song, are going to live a life, are going to be transformed in a way that shows that even though they were lost, they can be brought back to their Savior and live a life which is fulfilled, a life full of hope, a life that is connected to their God and a life that can change their environment. The intention and motives of God. We come back to it. Not the building in this building in the spirit, but the one before. There was a word that was brought out. It talked about the winds of the spirit that was going to blow from the four corners of the earth. If we remember what that said. The wind will blow through the house until Christmas. Debenham's 24-hour sale starts on Thursday morning, 9 a.m. Can you go on Saturday? You can go on Saturday. Will you get the sale discount? Is the shop still open? Will God still move after Christmas? Will he still touch his heart? Will he still redeem and change us? But when's your window of opportunity? Until Christmas. The window is heaven. God's saying, come close to me. I'm looking to do a work today. I will do a specific work to cleanse, to refresh, to deliver, to restore, and to heal. I'd like to think that covers most of us. He's looking to do a work that will restore us. Do not miss the day of your visitation. You know, we said, didn't we, then, when we, we talked about bringing terror to terror, that, you know, it's time to face up to some things that maybe we've not faced up to for a while. We want to hide away. We want to run away from it. We always have a reason why I don't need to change. I won't change. I don't need to do that. God can use somebody else. It's all right, Jenny. It's not you today. It'll be somebody else. God is saying that for every one of us, he values us, he loves us, he, he esteems us, and he wants us to come to that place in life. Why? Because he chooses the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. There is something that we noticed, whether it be the agents of change, we're seeing it more and more and clarity brought through. Agents of change we saw in the building of the spirit last week. One word being spoken, a spiritual word at the right time smashes open the gates of the enemy. It's amazing. Now, I'm not trying to make you feel bad if you didn't come to the building in the spirit last week. It's your loss. But last week, Pastor Tony, we're building on the night, we were going through the psalm, how David had his heart restored, and he used one word. One word he pulled out, there was a time, and you almost thought, where's the context in which he's speaking? And he spoke one word, spiritual regret. Bang, it exploded on the scene. And I've heard so many testimonies this week of that one word where people went, I walked into an environment waiting for God to touch me, I wanted to encounter him. I didn't feel I had anything. That one word opened a drop-down menu that caused me to face an issue in my life that I'd been putting off. It was a skeleton in the cupboard. And when I dealt with it, God set me free. That was the four people, by the way. 
There were so many people who were touched and transformed just by a spiritual word at the right time. As that word is spoken out and as you respond to it, God meets you where you're at. Amen? Oh, he's so good. This moment, uh, this morning, I want to push from one scripture. I've been sat on this scripture for months and I've talked about it to Pastor Tony and I've been giddy and I've had my moments, but I'm going to bring it to you. Revelation 12, chapter, uh, verse 10 to 11 says this. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, Now have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Messiah. For the accuser of the brothers and sisters who accuses them before God day and night has been hurled down. They triumphed over him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives so much to shrink back from death. But here's the point. Now has come. Now has come salvation. Now has come power. Now has come the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ. If you take that one verse, it is the full apostolic mandate which was given to the New Testament church. To stand in the authority, to preach the kingdom, to stand in his name, to push forward, to bring salvation, to move in the power. For I did not come with persuasive words, but a demonstration of the, of the spirits. All of that as now has come. Let's not wait for another day. Let's not wait to, oh, the great by and by. One day when I get to, to heaven and I get to be with Jesus, then all my questions will be answered. Then I'll be able to dance like a calf. Then it'll be my moment. Today's your moment. Now's your moment. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. Their testimony is my testimony. Their testimony is your testimony. When you hear your brothers and sisters in house or in the wider body seeing breakthroughs, having deliverance, seeing God bringing jobs, bringing restoration, bringing finance, whatever was needed, that is your testimony also. Because the God who did it for them is the same God who can and will do it for you. But we stand on their testimony, amen? It is a now season. Read how many times, do your own study, that when you read the scriptures, you see, and suddenly, the suddenlies, we are in a suddenly seasoning God, where God has turned around and said, in this now season, where I'm starting to prepare, my grace is towards you, my grace is sufficient. Why did God say up till Christmas? Because he's preparing a body, he's preparing a bunch of people for the year 2014 to hit the ground running. So you've dealt with your issues, you've dealt with the stone in your shoe, you've dealt with why me, you've dealt with me low esteem, you've dealt with you don't talk to me God, you've dealt with you seem so far away, you've dealt with oh my God nothing comes out of your word, you've dealt with every issue so as you hit the ground running, we become that training house, we lay hold of him, we become the people that God said you're the ones I send because it's not about being in this room it's about the lives you live outside of it as we represent him and carry the life out how God gets glorified how we bring his glory back into our cities into our homes into our towns into our workplaces but they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimonies so the reason we're doing things slightly different this morning is I've already spoken to some people and some people are going to share a testimony this morning about the goodness of God and what God's been doing. Mary, I'm going to ask you to come first. 
Remember what we just said. Mary's testimony is our testimony. Mary. Um, <clears throat> right, I'll start. I won't start at the beginning, but I'll... Um, I was coming to church two months ago, and I got up, and I didn't get up because I couldn't get out of bed and walk. So I said to our Joel... I'm, I said to our Joel, I said, you're going to have to call for your dad. I said, there's something wrong with Nana. I said, I don't know what it is. And um, when I tried to get up, I couldn't put my leg down for one thing. It was double the size. And I, I felt as if I was going to faint. So Peter came and um, they wanted to take me to the walking centre. And I said, no. I said, they'll only send me to the doctors and then I'll end up, I'll still, I'll wait first thing Monday morning. And uh, that's what happened. First thing Monday morning, called the doctors and um, they said, well, we'll put you on the list. You'll be there um, in the afternoon. But about 15 minutes later, the doctor arrives and this is God, this is, I'm telling you this because you know how God intervenes on our behalf. And um, he came and he took bloods and this, that, and the other. He said, oh, he said, I'm going to have to go back and discuss this with the blood clinic. He said, and I'll be in touch with you. Anyway, about an hour later, he rang, he said to my son, he said, you get your mum to the hospital right away. I've arranged for her to have an ultra scan. Um, they're waiting for her. And I went, they took me up and I had the ultra scan and they found that I had a, a blood clot on my leg, in my groin and on my lung. And uh, they were going to give me medication uh, to treat me. And he come back and he said, you're not going anywhere. He said, um, your hemoglobin's 4.1. He said, do you know what that means? And I thought, I know what he's saying to me, but I'm not having it. Um, I said, yes. So our Peter and Liz had come up then and I said to them, I said, I'm, I, I know that I'm very poorly. I said, I know that. I says, but we're not listening to what's being said. I said, we're believing in what God has said about my life and my destiny and the prophetic words that have been spoken. And I'll go from there to the kept, I, I had to have um, three blood transfusions. And what happened, this is what I want, I'll share. I could share many things with you, but I'll share this with you regarding the blood of Christ. Um, they couldn't wait to give me the blood because it was, I was in that, I was that poorly, that ill. And when she came and she wired me up, etc., um, with it all, she said to me, um, if any of these things change, I'm going to have to take you off it right away. And every 15 minutes, um, she came. Well, I think it was five minutes to begin with. She did me uh, blood pressure, my oxygen level, and my temperature. 
And this was going on as, as I was receiving the transfusions. And um, what happened was, I, I, knew, I, I knew in my heart, I knew that I had to have this blood and that none of these things could, must change because I knew in my own heart that I, I had to have it. And during that period of time, perhaps after a couple of hours, I went all hot. And I thought, this is people praying for me. It's the power of prayer. I know it is. I thought... I'll be glad when she, come, when she comes and does the, the, the tests again. I thought that I'll know. I know it's prayer. I know that it's the power of prayer. And when she come and she did it, well, they were there, more, they were there with me, really, because she was just at the side, you know. And, and um, she did it. I said, is everything all right? She said, yeah. Everything's normal. I thought, it is, Lord. It's your prayers. That's what I want to say to you. That is the power of prayer. That power of prayer. I felt that and I recognized it. And so what happened to me then, and this is really what we're speaking about, we're speaking about the blood of Christ. I found myself in the valley. And the valley is a shadow. And... Someone, I didn't, I didn't see anyone, but what were happening to me, somebody was dressing me in the armour of God. And I just felt they kept putting the armour on. And more than anything, um, the helmet of salvation guarding my mind. And then I heard a voice. I didn't see anybody, but I heard a voice. I felt somebody but I didn't see anybody and I heard a voice say can't touch her she's covered in the blood the blood of Christ I belong to him and I'm purchased by his blood and as Phil's been saying they overcame him by the word of their testimony and the blood of the lamb we are redeemed by the blood of Christ and in that place, nothing can touch us when we've been purchased by him and recovered in the blood. And this is what was happening, saying, you can't touch her. She's covered in the blood. It was a, an encounter. It was something I didn't know whether, I, I won't go into that, but anyway. And then I felt I was going further along. And as I went further along, the 23rd Psalm kept coming to me. And it was, in the midst of your enemies, I will anoint your head with oil. And I just felt all this oil oozing over me. And I knew, I knew that this was an anointing that had been prophetically said over me um, at the conference <laughs> and I knew the words were coming back to me that I'd had spoken the prophetic word that I had I'd had spoken and I felt I know that my mind was being guarded and it was because of all the things the doctors the consultants 
the nurses that were going to speak to me opposite to what God was going to do. And I knew that I hadn't to take them on board, that I had to throw them off and to be very strong and make sure that I stood on the word that God had given to me. And at that time, I said to the Lord, well, Lord, if you take me, I'm going, but I'm going to be in the land of the living tomorrow <laughs> when I wake up. I wasn't, I don't know whether I was asleep. I wasn't asleep, but this is what I said to him. And um, of course I did. And when people were saying to me, I said, well, I'm here, aren't I, in the land of the living? But I had all the tests done, the cameras, the scans. I had everything done. And they kept, well, we'll do this and we'll do that. We'll wait, we have to do it until we can find something. I said, you won't find anything. I said, God, has, whatever it is, it, it stopped. When, when the hemoglobin was 4.1, after it had the transfusion, it went to 7.5. And Phil and Angie came to see me. And it was, I think it was just either when I was having it or it had just been, I'd just had it. And Phil prayed and he said, keep this stable, Lord. Keep this hemoglobin stable. And what happened was they came to me and they said, whatever it is, it stopped. Because it had a shot right back down again if it was that. But they couldn't find anything. They couldn't find anything. And so what I want to encourage you all with, really, and even now, two months ago from now, I couldn't put my foot down. It, I was in agony because I was, I was walking with a Zimmer frame. I couldn't, I couldn't walk. But we have to, just deep, deep, deep within us, we hear the voice of God speaking to us. And we have to throw off all other voices so that we're able to hear his voice and stand on what he's told us, no matter what the situation, what, whatever, if you're having a, 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 you've got circumstances now, don't look to your circumstances. Don't look to what the outer voices are saying, but listen to what God is saying to you in your spirit and the words that he's spoken to you, because you see, his word never fail. And when Joel came to see me, I had the ravens came to feed me, and some nearly bit my fingers off. But um, when, Joel came to, one, one, when Joel came to see me, he said, Nana, he said, you aren't going anywhere. He said, your, the prophetic word's not been fulfilled in your life. Now that is where the youth are. <coughs> They're in a place where they believe in what God has said to them. So they overcame him by the word of their testimony and the blood of the Lamb. Amen. Amen. Don't despair. Come on, church. We're going to continue to pray for Mary. So I want us just to stand to our feet for a moment. Stand to your feet. Let's just raise our hands. Let's put our hands towards Mary as we continue to pray. My God, we thank you for Mary, that uh, times are in your hands. We thank you, Lord God, Father, for full restoration, that that which you've been doing, Lord God, we pray for complete healing. 
My God, Father, we remember when we was in the hospital, that testimony we said, that they had never seen uh, a globing level so low. Well, my God, we pray as you're turning that around. Father, we pray, may every area of this body produce the hemoglobin it needs to produce, the white and red blood cells. Father, we pray for full strength, full restitution. But my God, we thank you for a testimony this morning. Oh, my God, we thank you for a testimony. Mary, I just believe that the, the Lord gave me a scripture for you. It was from Acts 13, 36, when it said of David, it said, when David had served the purposes of God in his generation, he fell asleep. God said, you have not finished yet. You have not finished. You're not going home. You're staying because there is still a job for you. There's still purpose to move through. He's still got his hand on you and he'll carry you through. That even though the enemy tried to take you ahead of time, his hand was about you. It was his hand. And as the, you felt him in the shadow, you still felt. It was almost like a, I got the impression of his, his breath upon your face. Almost you felt the closeness of God. But he said, you're in his hands. Your times are in his hands. So we thank God this morning, don't we, for that testimony? Bless you, Mary. Sickness is an amazing thing. Sickness can do one of two things. It can make you stand up and fight, or it can make you lie down and die. Proverbs 18.14 declares this. The spirit of a man will sustain him in his sickness. The spirit of a man will sustain you in sickness. That relationship you've got with God as you find him, as you push through. Because when you're sick, when you feel that your body's not acting the way it should act, when you feel like you've got no energy, when you feel that everything's being stripped away... There are many things that can come to you in that area of sickness. It's very easy to become depressed when you're sick, especially when you've been sick for a while. You know you get sick and tired of being sick and tired, and then you fall out with yourself. Does anybody ever fall out with themselves? You know, especially, you know, when your wife or your husband says, you're a pain in the backside. Go and do something with yourself. Go in another room. Go upstairs. Do something. But have a word with yourself. So you're not married to Ange then. <laughs> But you'll see things, sickness comes along, isolation it can bring, self-pity, lack of hope, a loss of perspective. Because you always think it's never going to get better. It's always going to be like this. A couple of years ago, which some of you knew when I had that problem with my kidney, it seemed to be as soon as it seemed to clear up, it started again. And you just felt the cycle went round and round and round. But it's a time when we had to press into God and lay hold of God. And I thank you for all of those people that when we emailed or we called, you went to prayer and you went to bat for Mary. Because when I said Mary's testimony is our testimony, because it's our testimony of answered prayer as well as seen healing, that we pressed in and we said, my God, this lady is not going anywhere. She is not going anywhere. She's dear to us. Amen. It's not over till it's over doesn't matter how old you are or how young you are when you're in the purposes of God he still has something to fulfill amen so we align ourselves with him I wrote myself a note on something just this week the note was this when Christ is being formed in you God can do anything through you as long as you allow him to work in you 
So if I agree with purpose and I agree with the process of God dealing in my life, he can do anything through it. Amen. I can carry the word. I can carry hope. I can carry healing. I can carry salvation. I carry the kingdom with me where I go. You know, this is a great thing. You know, we're talking about that everybody gets to be trained. Everybody gets to be developed. Everybody gets to be the most and the best that they can be in this house as we're changing and we're moving towards the discipleship training and the stuff that comes through. There are no limitations. I said to Pastor Tony this week, it's amazing that when somebody comes through the door and we turn around and say, would you like a welcome pack? Church, you're the welcome pack. Can somebody read you? Do you carry the life of this house and the life of God that they don't need a book to read? That when I've spoken to Pat, a Kath, I've spoken to Elijah, whoever it is, when I've spoken to them, I've already connected to the house. Amen. I'm not running to point to somebody else and say, oh, kids' church, you better go and talk to Shirley or Carol or Jane Adelmore or whoever's working in kids' church. No, I can tell you about kids' church because I know what's happening. I can tell you what's happening because the life that's in the house is also found in you, amen? Don't fight process. Don't fight process. I'll make a statement, and I'm not going to explain it, but I'm going to make a statement. Maybe it's a statement for another day, the explanation. But I was looking at this in the whole process of process. When we look at a New Testament blueprint and pattern, so we see the writings of the apostles that's come through and the message of Jesus Christ, which is carried through the New Testament church. What many of us have been told is Christianity and charismania actually isn't underpinned by scripture. What do I mean by that? Please, I'm not throwing out the baby with the bathwater. When we see Paul in Ephesus, Corinth, Philippi, Rome, or any of the other cities that they were in. They were cities of idol worship. There were cities of animal sacrifice. There were cities where it even turns around and says in the Revelation, and this is where Satan has his throne in Laodicea. You see these places. You saw people having temple prostitution, children, men, and women as all part of people's lifestyles when they accepted Jesus Christ as their personal savior they didn't need two years of counseling and deliverance when Christ came in the enemy went out we want to build so many platforms please I am not undermining counseling and deliverance and I do not want to dig myself a hole that I'm trying to get back out of because I said I don't want to explain it too much. But here's the point. The point is this. In your life and in my life, wherever I've been, I'm not looking for deliverance. I'm looking for the deliverer. So that when Christ comes into my life, if there are things that need to be dealt with, they will be dealt with. But the more ground I give to him, the more light that enters, darkness has to flee. So there is no pattern where Paul turns around and says, these people have been with temple prostitutes, they've been involved in idol worship, they was even involved in blood sacrifice. Now that means you've got 74 ancestral demons and they've all got to come out and this is what we've got to do. Christ came in 
a life was transformed. You are a new creation. The old has gone. The new has come. That does not undermine things that we know about, whether it be a familiar spirit, where there's a gateway that I open to the enemy. That's a different thing for a different day. We're just making the point that whether it be an encounter this morning where we're in worship or any Sunday, whether it be a building in the spirit, whether it's you in your own life, when you connect to God, things happen. The more ground he takes, the more the enemy gets pushed away. Amen. So we thank God. So we've had a testimony about healing. Now we're going to have a testimony about something else. Pat. Morning. Um, after last week's building in the spirit, um, I sent um, an email to Pastor Tony just telling him what had happened. Um, the background to it was there's never a time when a building in the spirit is announced and I don't want to come because I know it's an amazing atmosphere. And But for months now, I've just felt as if I've been going downhill just tired, tired, tired all the time. And it's mainly work, having a lot of work put on me. And um, so, you know, when you look at the week ahead and you look at next week and you think, I've got to do this, 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 this. And I thought, I, I can really do without this. And I went home from church last Sunday morning and I just prayed to God, you know, I just need you to do something. Because I'm drowning, I feel like I'm so physically and mentally tired. And I'm just going to burn out. And I need you. I need your word to stand on. I need something from you, Lord. And I went home uh, Sunday morning. And Sunday night, I didn't want to come, to be really honest. I would have rather have just had an early night. And I, But I knew that I had to be in that atmosphere. Because you've got to be. It's no good saying to God. And I know God can touch you at home. I'm not talking about that. But the atmosphere in the building in the spirit is something different. And it's something that we've fought for in this church. And God has honored us. He speaks to us. He acts in that atmosphere. And I knew I just had to be here. And so I literally dragged myself unwillingly to the building in the spirit. And I came in. And from the moment Pastor Tony started talking... You know, when you come into something, you think, well, I've not got anything to confess like in that area. Wrong. And then, and it was like, he said the first thing, drop down menu. Holy Spirit put his finger on it, dealt with that. Second thing, drop down menu. Put, Holy Spirit put his finger on it, dealt with that. It just went from one thing to another to another. And I just thought, I really needed this tonight. But then... It still hadn't, I still felt as if I hadn't been touched where I needed to be touched. And then right at the end, or near the end, Pastor Tony brought the word from Psalm 51 about creating me, within, sorry, creating me a pure heart and renew a steadfast spirit within me. And God had been giving me that same scripture for about a month. And every time I read it, I found something different in it. So my ears pricked up the minute I heard Psalm 51. And he said, I want those who need the joy of your salvation restoring. Come and stand here so I shut out. Because that is just what I needed. 
because I was either angry or I was upset all the time because I was so physically tired. So I shot out and he prayed for me or somebody prayed for me. I went down in the spirit and I just let God deal with me and I just felt like I was on fire as I was on the floor. And then I heard, as I, as I started, you know, coming around from that, I heard people say, right, over into the annex now, and we're going to pray for, uh, and the next thing he prayed for was, grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. So I was up off the floor, into the annex, so that's the second thing that I need. And he said to me, you're here again. And I said, I know, but when God's here, grab it, grab it while it's here. And, you know, I want to say to you, you know, uh, Phil's just said then, um, what was the word you said? You said, I'm not saying that, you know, like telling you off if you weren't here kind of thing. But you've got to be in that environment to be, to be affected by it sometimes, you know. And I could have very easily have stayed at home and still been in the place where I was in. And God really touched me in both those areas. And, you know, I got up Monday morning. And I felt like, even Sunday night, I felt like a different person. And you know, we can sometimes say, you can get, hear what I'm saying here, you can get touched in the meeting, and then Monday morning, it's gone. You feel all booked up, and you feel, right, that's it, God's really touched me. And Monday morning, you get up, and nothing's changed. And the thing is, nothing had changed in that sense. My situation was still the same, but my position had altered because of what God had done in me. And, and that's the difference. And I really have felt, see that night I was reminded, we're talking, we've spoken before, um, Phil talked about perspective, is that I had to be reminded that I am seated in heavenly places. That is my position because of Christ. Amen. That I'm seated in heavenly places. And you've just mentioned it this morning. That his grace is sufficient for me. So even though the situation hadn't changed, God had changed something in me. And this week, I've just felt like I could handle everything. And I did feel like I was, I was burning out and that I was coming to a place where I was just going to physically collapse. And the, I've had the joy of salvation. I've had that strength. I feel like I've got a rod of steel in my back that something's sustaining me through everything. So praise God. Thank God for that environment. Amen. Don't disappear. Don't disappear. <clears throat> okay, church, come on, let's stand again. Remember, Pat's testimony is whose testimony? Ours. Ours. Amen. Oh, Father, we thank you for what you were doing. We thank you for that strength that you're bringing to Pat, the joy of her salvation. Lord God, Father, we thank you, Lord God. You renew us, Lord God, and cause us to, uh, Lord, as uh, Isaiah would say, uh, to rise up on wings like eagles, Lord God. Father, even though the youth grows tired and weary, that, Lord God, Father, it's on those wings of the eagles which you give us, Lord God, that cause us to soar. And Pat, I just believe this this morning as I was just praying for you, there was a scripture that came in from Exodus 14, 13, where the, the scripture says this, Moses answered the people, do not be afraid, stand firm, and you will see the deliverance of the Lord will bring you today the Egyptian you see today you will never see again God said it's cut off it's cut off Pat that which was holding you back the Egyptian that has wanted to keep drawing you back to itself has been broken the tie with the Egyptian has been broken once and for all as you stand firm in him amen God bless you bless you Pat
2 Corinthians 3.18 declares this, but we all with unveiled faces, beholding in as a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as from the Lord. We are being transformed. We are all being transformed from one degree of glory to the next. Into the image of who? Into the image of Jesus Christ. And to be changed into his image, something needs to change into you and me. What needs to go? Less of me and more of him. You know, God delights, all of heaven delights when an issue is dealt with in our lives. When the more of Christ is being established, even when it's in seed form, all of heaven is rejoicing. Amen. We have this same ministry. In 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 1, it talks about us having the same ministry of Jesus Christ. Not only the ministry of reconciliation, but we have a ministry to see the Christ formed. My ministry is to help Chris. Chris is to help me. We help each other form the Christ. You know, as iron sharpens iron, we encourage each other. We build together. We push through. Amen. There is something that one day I'll give this the true value that it needs to be given. I'll give it a full morning. But in John 14 and verse 6, it declares this. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Three points. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. The blueprint for your life is found in Jesus Christ. That's the way. The truth that he speaks verily, verily. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. The truth which will hold us, the truth that will cause us to have faith. And the life which is built inside every one of us. That God wants us to have a fullness of life in every area. That we feel whole in every area, whether it's relationships, whether it's our marriages, whether it's the conditions that we have with our kids. Whatever it is, may we have life and life to the full. Amen. Amen. There is a blueprint that we build and we believe for in faith. God is establishing that. Because of time, I want to chop some bits out, but Kath's got something that she's going to share with us this morning that will encourage us. Yet another testimony. But remember, these testimonies are our testimonies. Because one day it's, it's Mary or it's Pat or it's Kath or so many other people we could have uh, spoken to this morning. The next time it can be you as God continues to do the same thing. Right. Um, th this is my journal from home. And um, when God speaks, when I, pr when I pray, I write it down. And um, I, I, I was looking back, and um, after building the spirit, I was just sort of rereading. And I was absolutely amazed at something I wrote down in 05. And that's what happened, actually, um, on Sunday night at Building the Spirit. And I'm thinking, gosh, oh five, what are we in now? You know, and I'm working it out. I'm thinking, that's years but really, God doesn't work in the years. You know, he doesn't really do time. It's us that does time. And um, I, I was like, what God said, you know, he, he, God is consistent. So he, he just carries on doing what he's doing in our lives from the beginning till we finish what we're doing. We break it down into days and years and what we're doing. And, and in a way, the path in a way gets muddled because we forget what the original plan was. or even Some of us never even know what the plan is. But 
you know, I realised after Sunday that, that it's God's destiny, what Phil's just been saying. It's not ours. We're just the vessels on the earth. And if we don't get it right, if we don't get this pure heart and clean hands, God can't work through us because he's God and we're not. So we have to be as pure and clean as we can be for him to have his way through us so that when I... When, I, when he tells me to pray for somebody, his healing power just comes through me and touches that person. So all I, have, so I, I Catherine, have to just stand back and let God come forward. But the thing is, that's all new ball game then because we're talking about humility, no pride. You know, you can't take over, you can't do what you want to do. Um, and I think really that's what God's teaching us, everybody in this, that really uh, we have, it's about faith and believing, but also it's our heart. Because if you haven't got the heart to do anything, you'll never do anything. So the choices like coming up to Christmas, it's all to do with your heart. Because some people will never, I'm not saying here, but I'm just talking in general. Some people will never change. They'll stay where they are. And it's only your heart that wants more of God and, and, and press in and press in and press in. So, you know, I'm, I'm just going to read. On the 27th of uh, October, God said, you know, Catherine, why are you anxious and troubled about many things? You know, uh, one thing is needful. And I was thinking needful, that's a funny word. Um, minister to me. So it's like, don't keep asking about yourself. <laughs> Don't keep praying about your children. Don't keep saying about work. Don't keep doing about your husband. Minister to me. Just focus on me. Sit at my feet and minister to me. Readjust your heart and focus. This is all you need to do and everything else just falls into place. So that's a decision, that's a choice right there. And, and you know, as we've been praying, on a Sunday as we're praying, you know, I've been shouting out, Lord, you know, I, we want, I want to know your heart. And, and as I say me, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm saying it for everybody. We want to know your heart, you know, because we're not, we're a team, aren't we? We're not an I anymore. So I, I sometimes I say, I want to do that. And then I think, no, Lord, we, we need to do, we need you, we need you. You know, I get corrected. So that was what he said, and, I, and then I respond and say, yes, Lord, I will. I'll, I'll, I, don't know I don't know really to do it, because I get some funny thoughts and funny ideas, and, you know, they drag you down a bit. But I, I'm willing, and that's the thing. I'm willing to do it. Just, just show me what you want me to do, you know? And I just prayed about it. So on Sunday when we, we came to Building in the Spirit, you know, God touched me through Pastor Tony, um, I was just, it was that spiritual regret, I think it started. And I realized that sort of I've, it path, I've put the baton down, really. And you get sidetracked with life. And uh, where you were going strongly, you were on fire, you were full of, people knock it out of you. People, you know, you don't think they do, but over the years, you've gone down and down and down. And you, in a way, you sort of settle, you settle for, second best about here and I realized that so that was my spiritual regret and also about my children I regret um drinking too much you know uh, and not giving them the time and attention as they were growing up and things like that so there's lots of regrets spiritual as well as in the natural so 
you know, I was upset about that and I just brought it before God and and Pastor Tony said, you know, it's not finished with you, you know, you've, he's got a purpose for you. And I went over there as well. And um, he, um, he, he actually said, Pastor Tony, that God was going to impart to me a new tongue, a new dimension in, in tongues. And... Um, I can't really remember much else apart from that. So when I went home, I'd, after he'd prayed for me, I'd got this real travailing in my stomach. I thought, hey, I've not had this for years. You know, <laughs> was it that pea soup? You know, I thought, I've not had this for years. And then uh, I went home and I couldn't really, I couldn't settle at all. I thought, I said to Chris, I'm going to have to go and pray. Uh, I'm going to go and speak in tongues. So I disappeared and I'm, I'm praying in tongues, and I'm listening to myself. And I thought, it sounds Japanese, this. I've never heard this before. So yeah, even it's coming out of your mouth, and you're listening, and you think, oh, yes, it's definitely new tongues, yes, you know. So um, I thought then that the, the burden would go. I thought, oh, that's it. I've done, I've done half an hour. <laughs> I feel a bit better. So I went back upstairs, but I had a terrible night. I had kept... I had to get up, I had to pray again, I was walking about, I felt like I was having a baby, you know, I was like walking up and down and Chris is snoring his head off and I know, um, and, and then I got back into bed, anyway, the day, the morning after, I thought, right, I'm going to I'm gonna have to get before God and sort it out, this, so I was praying in tongues again and it had changed again and it was a, it was a real, it was different, but as I was praying in tongues, words and pictures came quicker. And really what God was saying to me, that he's given me this new access. Hang on, let me write it down. I've, I've written it down. don't want to do God an injustice. Um, access to a deeper level in God, connecting heart, mind and spirit, ministering to him, but allowing God to express himself. Right, so these aren't for me, these tongues. These are, so you, you, in a way, you're going to a deeper part in God's heart, and then He can express Himself through me better, wider, more, you know what I mean? And the thing is, after I'd finished praying in, on that morning, there were this terrible wail and it, in fact it, I stopped in my track and stood back because it it took me so much by surprise because I thought is that me or is that God that that cry that real anguish and I, th I suddenly realized I thought oh my word this is God this this is not me this is God this is how sad he feels you know what I mean? And I'm thinking, wow, what a responsibility, Lord. I don't know if I can cope with this now. You know, I, I don't know what, what do you want me to do with this, you know, but really, um, it isn't, even though this, I, it happened to me, really wants us all to be at that place. Because if we're all at that place with pure hearts, that God can speak to us, that his will, that's when we say, let your will be done on earth, because his will then is coming through us. And, and that's where we're at at the moment. So, you know, I, I just want to say thank you. Thank you, Father, really, for trusting us with your, you know, because really he's given of himself. So we can, you know, it's a privilege, really, it's, and it's an honour to be chosen. I'm thinking, I'm, you know, little housewife, 60-odd, you know what I mean? I'm nobody. 
But, you know, it's just that you're willing and you've got the right heart to do these things. So thank you, Jesus. Let's pray for you before you disappear. Okay, church, let's just stand to our feet again. Just extend your hands. Father, we thank you, Lord God, for what you're doing in Kath. Lord God, Father, we thank you that you're changing her from one degree of glory to the next. Lord God, you're bringing her through. But Lord God, even... Um, Katha, I, I bring this, I make this public, but it's, it was our conversation, a conversation from a while ago that's just coming back to memory where you said, I feel like I've got no purpose. I feel like I don't fit, that I've come to the end of something. And God said, no, I'm just birthing something. Yeah. This is a start of something yeah. new. And I'm just re also remembering that there was the, uh, the week after when Philip and Tiffany were married and you sat here and we said, you're coming into a new season. And we declared it that God said he's aligning you. There was going to be um, a new time for romance for you and Chris, wasn't there, we talked about. But also that there was a new season of something coming into. Now, this is uh, a scripture that I believe the Lord had laid on my heart for you. It's from Ezekiel 22 and verse 30. It says this, I look for someone amongst them who would build up a wall and stand before me in the gap on behalf of the land. So I would not have to destroy it, but I found no one. And God says this morning, he's heart, Kath, I found you. I found you to stand in the gap for me. I stand as I lay my burdens on your heart to intercede that you'll push. There'll be things that you'll hold back because you stood in prayer, because you were stood there, but your times are not over your times are just beginning that way you felt that you have no use of no purpose it's time to step forward because God said his hand is for you and this is a new season this is your new day amen amen, amen. amen. <clears throat> give me five minutes and then we're done we said this morning was going to be slightly different there was lots of different areas and directions that we could take some stuff through one of the areas that um, I really felt, just as, as Kath was, was speaking there, I knew slightly ahead of schedule some of the things that she was maybe going to say because we had a conversation. But I was always praying about it. This is the, the point. Intercession. When people move towards intercession and towards the prophetic, there has to be some guidelines put in place. Because even though God will start to move on your heart and start to work inside of you, there is a tendency for people who move towards intercession and the prophetic to isolate and withdraw themselves from people. So that as God is speaking to you more and more, instead of being around people, you choose to be in the presence of God. So you withdraw more. Does that kind of make sense? But we're not called to withdraw Yes, in the times that he calls us, he calls us. Now, here's the thing. If we take the like of Kathy, she was saying that I'm a lady, I'm at home. There is a time in her life where God can drop on her heart intercession because she has time in her hands. You try working in a call center and having a ministry of intercession. Are you finding time to do that? You work in a call center and also be a mom or dad with a small family. Is that a time for you to be doing the intercession? We pray when we pray, but there are people that God will lay his hands on and say, this is it. I want you to push through. And, he, and we press, but you don't isolate from your, yourself from the house. You don't isolate yourself from its leadership. Because God is not only speaking to you, he's speaking to others also. Amen. And I was reminded of the scripture from Ezekiel. When Ezekiel said, oh God, there is only me. And he went, whoa, hang on a minute. 
let's just calm down. I've got 7,000 of you that you don't know about in a cave who have not bowed the knee to Baal and have not given their heart to him. There were people who were still responding to God. But as God moves on us as a house, different people are going to be feeling different things. Now, we know that we've not brought full clarity this morning, but what we just wanted to try and do is give an expression of saying that as God has declared healings, deliverance, breakthrough, new seasons, that's you and not just the three people who spoke to this morning. As you lay hold of him, it's your time to encounter him. We've still said it's a now season, it's our moment, and we're going to press through. Why? Because he's looking for a group of people that can move from this place and represent him in life, word and deed, outside of this house. So now the good news. The good news is this. Next week, I'm going to show you, I'll even read you the scripture, so you can get all excited about it and think about it this week. Isaiah chapter 8 and verse 18, where we're going to push next week. Behold, I and the children who the Lord has given me are made for signs and wonders in Israel from the Lord of hosts who dwells on Mount Zion. I and the children who the Lord has given me are made for signs and wonders. That's you. And that's me. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. We're made in his image to be and to do. The being becomes before the doing. So come on, let's just raise our holy hands just as we finish this morning. Father, we thank you for the power of testimony, Lord God. Lord God, again, we thank you as Revelation declared. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. Lord God, Father, we pray that every life will carry a testimony. Every life will represent you. Everybody when asked or pressed to give a reason for their belief, well, Lord God, will be able to share the life which you've poured out into them. And Lord God, Father, I thank you that you're raising an entire house. You are not raising ones and twos, but you are raising us all, Lord God, into your presence. You're changing us from one degree of glory to the next. That, Lord God, you don't have favorites. You're looking for people, Lord God, who will respond to your word. That, Lord God, Father, you pray and you declare Declare, my God, Father, to obey is better than sacrifice. That, Lord God, Father, may our will become your will. May our footsteps become your footsteps. As your leaders, as your guiders, as your builders, and as you form the Christ. And as the people of God said, Amen. 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 So be blessed. Have a good week. Make good choices. And we'll see you again next Sunday. Coffee shop. Once you've had a chat, if you can help us with the chairs and help with the toys, it would be greatly appreciated, but be blessed.